Hi, you're listening to Stefan Libero Podcast, a show about Bitcoin and Austrian economics. Today for episode 214, we're talking about why auditing Bitcoin matters. Why won't the supply ever actually reach 21 million and which coins have already been lost? Pierre Rashad of Kraken and Fabian Jar, Bitcoin Core contributor, join me on the show to talk. This show is brought to you by Swan Bitcoin, the best place to auto stack your BTC in the US with incredibly easy setup and low fees. I really appreciate that Swan is Bitcoin only and they're dedicated to Bitcoin education. Go to swanbitcoin.com slash Levera to get $10 of free Bitcoin when you start stacking with Swan. And Swan has some news to share. They've had massive demand for daily buys since the day they launched the service. One of the big positives of regular recurring buys is smoothing out price volatility. So buying daily will catch those dips even better than buying weekly there's a limited number of spots in the daily buys beta so head over to swanbitcoin.com slash daily buys to get into the beta Knox is a Bitcoin custodian dedicated to ensuring their insurance protection covers the full value of their customers' assets. For example, suppose a fiduciary wants to hold $250 million of Bitcoin with Knox. Knox will seek to obtain $250 million of insurance dedicated exclusively to that account and adjustable to volatility. No fractional coverage or narrow scope. Insurance for what it's worth, a tool to transfer risk. And check out my recent episode with Alex Daskalov of Knox. If you're a Bitcoin company, investment fund, trust, or family office, check out Knox for your insured custody, noxcustody.com. And finally, Unchained Capital, Bitcoin native financial services. Unchained are doing great work to make multi-signature accessible. If you are thinking about your Bitcoin security, why not consider going from zero to multi-sig with Unchained? Now you can either build it yourself with no setup or storage fees, or if you want assistance, there's a Vault Concierge onboarding package where you can have hardware wallet devices mailed to you and have guided setup calls to build your vault together. The prices range from $1,500, which includes two hardware wallets, to $1,200, which includes $1,000 to go in the vault. Use the code LEVERA for a discount. Also, Unchained have recently launched business accounts So if you want to use them for your business treasury while still holding your own keys, Unchained is where you should go. Go to unchained-capital to find out more. Now on to the interview. Pierre and Fabian, welcome to the show. Hi, Stefan. How are you? Hey, Stefan. Really good to be here. That's great. So uh, look, Pierre, my listeners are very familiar with you, but Fabian, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I've been contributing to Bitcoin Core for um, about a year now. Um, I've been interested um, in Bitcoin probably starting around 2015, 2016. I knew about it before, but um, that's when I when I really kind of grasped um, its importance, and and that that's uh, the reason why I got really interested in it. Um, and then um, um, that that got even more when when Lightning came around. That was kind of another trigger for me to really spend a more significant part of, of my free time on it and and really um, try try to get involved, try to use it in projects, etc. Um, and um, then the, the the next big step up for me was uh, participating in the Chaincode residency uh, last year. Um, that was really awesome. Uh, I learned a lot there, um, just meeting all the the, the Chainco people there, um, collaborating with the other residents. Um, I learned a lot, um, and uh, I've mostly been trying to yeah just be helpful around Bitcoin development, uh, mostly in uh, Bitcoin Core since then. So today we're going to get a little bit into this whole topic of where are all the Bitcoins. Now, Fabian, I know you've got a very relevant blog post on this. It's called Where Are All the Coins? And Pierre as well, you've been... Uh, uh, making a lot of noise about this recently. Uh, so maybe, Pierre, do you want to just start us off? Why why is it important to verify these things? Yeah, sure thing. So um, I, I've, I've written up a, a post that kind of summarizes it and uh, has some data points at pierrochard.com. And basically, the idea is that uh, if you take any kind of economic entity, uh, typically, let's take a business, for example, and you think about um, what its balance sheet looks like. For, for all the items on the balance sheet, you're going to be able to uh, prove out um, exactly where they came from, right? And if you can't do that, then, then you've got a bad accountant or something. Um, and basically, when you apply that logic to a network like Bitcoin, the Bitcoin network is, um, you, don't, you don't really actually hold 
Bitcoin yourself, right? What you hold is a private key. And that private key is what's going to allow you to unlock Bitcoin held on the network. And the place that they're held in specifically uh, in, in Bitcoin is the UTXO set. So that's the set of all the outputs that could possibly be spent um, at a given block height. Uh, and so in a way, the Bitcoin network, um, you know, the way I describe it is it's actually uh, issuing a liability, right? And so the Bitcoin network owes you the, it, I don't know how to word it in, in a really good way, but owes you the ability to transfer Bitcoin um, to to unlock Bitcoin, if you provide a valid input inside of a valid transaction, uh, you know that has a high enough fee to get mined, um, and and the network basically owes you that, right? And uh, so the way that you would approach it in terms of figuring out um, as an auditor how you would prove this out, um, first of all, you look at kind of what the the expectations are, right? Of Okay, people um, have this issuance function, right? And the issue. So, uh, yeah, I guess um, I'm going off. The, I'm already going into it uh, fully, but um, yeah. So I, I'll, I'll take a, a breather here, uh, Stefan, so I don't uh, just uh, because I, I feel like I could uh, filibuster for several hours on this topic. <laughs> of course, that's uh, that's fine. Um, uh, Fabian, let's hear a little bit from you. What was your motivation behind writing that initial Where Are All the Coins blog post? Um, it was really just uh, kind of summarizing um, what I had learned um, working on my project um, that is the, the Coinsets Index that, we, that we're going to get into, I think, in a little bit. Um, so um, in that project, um, I was very much uh, having to figure out like how does the the, the body of coins like what, what Pierre was just um, talking about um, that um, is is also being called the UTXO set, the unspent transaction outputs outputs that um, every node um, in in some way um, keeps um, for the user in order to validate every transaction. Um, how that how that actually um, gets created, like what what the rules are um, that they get applied to every block in the blockchain um, uh, that either allow uh, an output to be included in the UTXO set or not be included in the UTXO set. Um, and um, even though I um, had already gone uh, quite a, quite a bit uh, down that rabbit hole, I was still learning quite a bit along that way. And um, yeah, I felt like just just kind of summarizing that um, sort of for me, but also for everyone else, because um, at the time it also felt like pretty hard to to uh, find an answer to that question online. Um, turned out there there were some answers for a similar question, but it was just worded in a different way. But I was kind of answering that question um, for myself, summarizing. Um, summarizing what what i had found there um in my in my research and it's also a callback to um the time when i first started up running a note um several years back um because then um i i vaguely remember that uh when i spun it up uh, i was kind of following some tutorial um and it said to run get tx outside info um and uh, when you're running get tx outside info as somebody who who doesn't know the background of this um, there are two things that are usually surprising to you. Um, the first thing is that it takes quite a long time to run, um, and the second time, the second thing is is that um, it will give you an output that says total amount, and um, that is, uh, if you look at the help, that is supposed to be um, the total number of coins that are um, in circulation, and um, it's a very crooked number. Um, so then, if you if you or you know a little bit about Bitcoin, and you probably do because you, you're running a node, um, then you know that that the block subsidies um, have been, the last block subsidy has been 6.25. So um, uh, there shouldn't be any more crooked number that, that has anything else that has more uh, than, than uh, three digits um, after the comma or, or um, dot. And... Um, so th this this was very surprising to me, and uh, at the time back then I was also um, googling this and and 
kind of trying to find an answer. And um, the, the answer I found was probably um, HR or Bitcoin talk or, or somebody, somebody knowledgeable. Um, but the, the question, the answer was was uh, pretty shallow. It was kind of like, yeah, there's some coins are lost and, and this is fine, basically. And at the time I was kind of like, okay, I guess this is somebody who knows uh, what's going on. So I kind of accepted it and, and moved on. Um, and then now several years later, when I, when I really uh, dug into it and, and really understood fully how this number really um, uh, is calculated, um, I, I was kind of delighted that that I um, just yeah wanted to put it into writing, um, and and if you look at my blog, I uh, I don't write a lot. Uh, there's really a lot of things can have to happen um, that I that I sit down and write a long blog post. Uh, but yeah, this this was the reason that that got me to do it. Excellent. So I think one point that I'd love to touch on before we go, dive into further detail around exactly what you were doing, I think perhaps it's a mindset thing. Now, Pierre, I know in the past you came, you were an auditor. And funnily enough, I was also an auditor in a, in a, in a past life, let's say. Um, and I'd love to hear a little bit from you, Pierre, on what are some of the things that are in an auditor's mindset? Why should we you know, try and approach things from that mindset um, rather than simply trusting. Yeah, so I think that it really is about decentralization. So um, the moment that we have to trust, um, you know, a, a third party, uh, that introduces a vulnerability, in my mind, into, into the Bitcoin system um, and, and into its immutability. So, um, you know, that what what... What Fabian just described of the, um, you know, the the transaction, the UTXO set uh, not adding up to a round number that we would expect given uh, the current uh, having that um, in the audit world, you know, that that would be uh, something that they would flag, right, as something that would be. Um, that needs to be looked into. So why why does that matter? Why why sh- I think you know to me the real reason uh, why this matters, even if and and we're, what we're talking about is deflation, right? So first of all, um, you know it, you could argue it's always in our favor, right? If it's deflation, um, but I think that the knowing the exact numbers and where they come from gives us the knowledge that there isn't a deflation bug, that there isn't um, Outputs that unexpectedly uh, are unspendable, and uh, now they they might be unspendable because that person lost their private key. We have no way of knowing that, right? Um, the only thing we can know is what is unspendable from the the network's point of view, and uh, part of that is is judgment on the behalf of the developers, right? That um, and and then it's kind of just like known deflation bugs that. We can't fix and won't fix. Um, and that's totally fine. What we don't want is someone to think that they have a spendable output and then for them to try to spend it only to find out that the network uh, won't let them spend it, right? That, um, in fact, they, they, they don't have access to those coins, which would be a really bad situation. Um, and so uh, a deflation bug would be bad. The other thing that we want to look for um, well, so basically what we're trying to reconcile, right, is issuance to um, balances, right, to user balances. Uh, and, um, you know, in, in Bitcoin, there's not really any concept of what the user is, right? It's just an abstraction. But um, just looking at the total current UTXO set um, and and figuring out exactly where those differences are coming from and also uh, recalculating it at every block height. Because what you might have in accounting is where you have uh, maybe a deflation bug that reverses itself in a later block. Um, So you would want to look for that as well. And really, the only reason that we're, we're moving the goalpost, right, from just counting up Bitcoin supply is that we're finding anomalies, we're finding differences, and we have to reconcile those differences. We can't just decide, okay, well, it's just going to be a black box of, you know, we, we don't, as long as this number is less than total expected issuance, then we're okay. Um, you know, that's not really a satisfactory answer from, from an audit perspective, right? Of, and, and really, it comes down to, uh, 
this approach of risk-based auditing where you kind of look at, um, you know, where, where are the risks in the system uh, and, and looking into this. And we had a, a near miss or an unexploited inflation bug. There's probably different ways of describing it, but um, that, that was fairly recent in Bitcoin. And so um, I think it reinforces the, the value of doing this exercise. Um, and then we can get into what's going on in Ethereum world. Uh, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stop it here. And, and really, so this is when I asked on Twitter, has someone done this for Bitcoin? And um, I got pointed to uh, the Coin Stats Index, um, and that's kind of where uh, w- where I was able to um, really uh, bribe Fabian and Fabian into uh, updating Coin Stats Index so that I could do um, the math I'm talking about here of uh, adding up um, total issuance to you know UTXO set. So Pierre, um, actually, it's probably a good point now to talk a little bit and contrast Bitcoin with Ethereum. So there was some recent, you know, back and forward on Twitter around what is the supply of Ethereum. And, you know, some of the initial answers were things like, oh, just trust the Block Explorer, uh, trust the online websites. And uh, do you want to just tell us a little bit about that and whether that is a satisfactory answer or not? Yeah, sure. So um, basically what happened uh, was uh, Eric Wall, I think is his name. He's a he's a cryptocurrency researcher. Um, he uh, made the offhand uh, remark on Twitter that um, Ethereum proponents are are better than Bitcoin proponents. I forget what his exact wording was, but it was basically along those lines that they they can better explain the value proposition for Ethereum and um, uh, are, are more technically savvy than Bitcoin users. And so um, Michael Goldstein himself, Bitstein, the memester, uh, replied asking how many Ethereum users know how to add up the total supply of ETH themselves, right? Not, not trusting a third party. And that's when people realize that there actually isn't a script handy uh, laying around on GitHub uh, to, to even do that. Um, and that all of the uh, code that would allow one to add up total ETH supply at that point was actually proprietary um, and uh, you know run by data providing companies, right? Uh, trusted third parties. There's no, and, and even though, you know, you could run an Ethereum node and in theory, you could write the code to query it, right? That's what these data third party data providers are doing. But nevertheless, none, that, that code just didn't exist in the open source community, which, um, you know, we can get into whether that's, but um, anyway, so so when, when this became apparent uh, because of Michael Goldstein's question, that this uh, open source script didn't exist, you know, in in the in the audit world, that would mean that there's a very high risk, right? There's a very high audit risk because if a client tells you that they don't have the spreadsheet that does the reconciliation, then it has the numbers haven't even been checked once, right? If there's no trial balance that you could point at, and and um, anyway. Um, so, so that was a huge, huge audit red flag that they just didn't even have a supply script. Um, you know, someone cobbled one together within a couple of days and then someone else cobbled another one together. They didn't agree. They didn't agree with the block explorers, the proprietary websites either. Um, and you know, they were, they weren't off by huge amounts. Right. Um, but nevertheless, uh, as, as an accountant, you would expect that, um, recalculating ledger balances at a specific block height uh, would would give you the same result, um, and uh, so that wasn't happening. And uh, so they started a project to try to reconcile it, and uh, they're able. What they're able to do at this point finally is able to reconcile issuance. So in Bitcoin, that's um, you know kind of adding up all the Coinbase transactions all the Coinbase outputs. Um, it gives you, 
you know, historically, you know, the cumulative total uh, issuance uh, creation of Bitcoin. Um, and so they were able to finally get that part of it together. Uh, but now getting account balances, um, you know, that's pretty easy in Bitcoin. Now, we said that uh, getting the, the summing up the UTXO set, you know, it can take minutes on uh, hardware, on, on, on OK hardware. Um, that you know that's a that's an intensive thing for for bitcoin um now you know that i think the current utxo set is in like a few gigabytes or something like that it's four, four but, gigabytes i think yeah yeah so so the, it is you know that's a tractable amount of of data but it is a very large amount of data um and you're just iterating over it and you know summing it up um in in ethereum uh it's actually a lot more data than that because they don't have an output um they don't have an output model they have what they call an account balance model um and so adding up all those account balances is actually uh much more um computationally demanding than it is in bitcoin uh and so they're able to to do that at at the block tip but they can't do it. They don't have an, a coin stats index uh, in Ethereum, and um, you know that while they could, in theory, create one, right? There's nothing um, you know impossible about it. Computationally, I think that uh, that's what is prohibitive um, f- for them, and that you would have to have a fairly powerful, you know, server to. Um, be able, you know, with, with terabytes of SSD or even uh, RAM to and, and you know, very powerful CPUs to be able to do that in a timely manner. Now, obviously, somebody's doing it because these proprietary data websites are doing it. But um, in terms of for for a normal person, uh, it's really cost prohibitive uh, to do that. And so, you, generally, I think that. You know, Ethereum users are going to have to trust third parties um, with regards to uh, Ethereum supply and their confidence in it. Fabian, anything to add there in terms of contrasting with Ethereum supply versus Bitcoin supply? Yeah, I mean, um, there's not really that much that I can say to that because I um, I still have so much to learn in terms of uh, Bitcoin Core, and so I I kind of block out a lot of the noise uh, about altcoins and, and Ethereum, and um, so I I, I uh, my Twitter feed uh, is is curated well enough that usually I don't even see that kind of stuff, uh, but um, this uh, this e supply. Thing was something that that made it into my feed, and it actually um, was something that I noticed, and that that actually raised my eyebrows uh, because um, yeah, it's just it's just amazing that that this is even possible in Ethereum that people don't don't know this that that people don't have the script when it's like one of the most fundamental things of of, of Bitcoin that that I can think of, um, and so that was just. Um, that was just, uh, yeah, just just amazing to me, and just uh, just giving me giving me a confirmation that that I'm kind of on the right path to just just focus on Bitcoin, sort of. Um, but but that was kind of sort of it. Uh, and and I also, of course, had the thought that that this is this is kind of funny because I had already been working on the Coinsets Index for several months at that point um that uh yeah like like that's why i also had this 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 uh strong um feeling about it because i i had been working on this uh, very thing in, in bitcoin it was already existent in bitcoin of course but i was putting a lot more work into basically uh usability and efficiency improvement of that very thing that that seemingly wasn't even possible in ethereum um, and uh, then I, I only um, actually sprung into action when when Pierre was uh, then tweeting that that he was interested in uh, um, something similar in Bitcoin that was that was um, giving him the the supply of uh, Bitcoin in, in in more detail. Um, and that was really just just my cue. And and I just said, hey, I, I've been working on this for a long time. Um, mostly just need some more um, eyes for review. Um, and yeah, that's that's how we got together. That's a really cool story. I think, it, I mean, to the comments around Ethereum, I think 
I don't know, maybe the Ethereum people, I mean, obviously the Ethereum people might disagree, but to us, as for me, as an, a relative outsider, it seems to me that the Ethereum people don't really know what they're about. Whereas in Bitcoin, we know what we're about. We want fixed supply. That's so, so important to us. So maybe if I were to steel man the Ethereum people, that's just not their, that's not their priority, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, let's um, focus well, back okay. to... I, yeah, go on. I do want to respond to that, right? So so that's that's fair, right? That they say, okay... You know, Bitcoin is digital gold, so you you're interested in that supply. Uh, you know, Ethereum is like digital oil. It's it's you know, it's utility value is what you're interested in, and and really ultimately, you know, their argument is that the value of your coin is going to be determined by a combination of supply and demand, right? And uh, that you could have something that is not fixed supply, um, but if it has greater demand because there's greater utility in it. Um, that you know that that coin is going to outperform, right? I think that's that's a core part of their thesis, and I think that where it all falls apart is that they're advertising this as digital ledger technology, and it's incomprehensible to me that you wouldn't be able to add up a ledger, um, you know, fairly easily to get uh, a reconciliation like we're able to do with Bitcoin, and um, so you know my, my my the so the the bounty I paid out. With, to Fabian for uh, the Coin Stats Index, and I also paid him a bonus bounty because he also wrote a pull request that I was able to use to export that Coin Stats Index into a CSV file. Um, and if there's any count- accountants or auditors listening, obviously they know that CSV file is the best thing to get from an audit client, right? And so I loaded that into Python. I recalculated the entire uh, issuance myself in Python. And, you know, it came out to the same as the one in C++. Great. And then I lined it up with the uh, data from CoinStats Index. And sure enough, there has been zero unexpected deflation and zero unexpected inflation in Bitcoin. Um, And everything is going according to plan. That's awesome. Let's jump further into those numbers around Bitcoin. So, I think one of the first things people learn about Bitcoin is, hey, it's got a supply of 21 million. Uh, But an interesting fact that came from your article, Fabian, is that it's not actually going to be 21 million exactly. So can you tell us why that is? Um, Yeah. So um, maybe um, since since you're asking about um, the the 21 million, one thing that that I also need to to say is that, that I'm not writing about in my my article is that um, even if if none of the other things that we're talking about that are, that have already sort of let, let's say that they they've gone wrong like something is um, if 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 that's wrong that something is excluded from due takes offset um, uh, then um, we would still never have ended up at uh, twenty one million um, and that's uh, just uh, one one um, small thing to know is that um, the um, the block subsidy um, that gets uh, gets smaller with every happening um, eventually will end up uh, dropping below one satoshi, um, and that is uh, expected to be happening around twenty one forty, um, and uh, that uh, is something that uh, w- would have been very complicated to implement. So the um, what what actually happens is that um, uh, the supply gets cut off at that point and um, the the total supply that that kind of um, of all of all block subsidies that we're building towards is um, is uh, 20 million I, I wrote this down 21 million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine point nine seven nine six Bitcoin um, so that's that's the the, the first um, uh, kind of uh, smart fact to know uh, why there will never be 21 million. Um, and then there are the, the coins that have already been excluded from the UTXO set at this point. Um, and this is where my, my article is kind of getting into. I'm, I'm actually never talking about the 21 million in my article. I'm talking about the number that you see uh, when you call get TX outset info. 
Um, and this is, is that uh, very crooked number that, that I mentioned before that um, is uh, probably surprising people if um, they, they haven't gotten uh, that far down the rabbit hole yet um, and they see that, that crooked number and they just know um, what the, what the uh, coin subsidies are um, and they expect a, a more um, a different number basically at this point. So um, the, um, the coins that are missing um, in my article, I'm uh, categorizing them in, in, in different, um, in, in four different categories. And um, this was just a necessity for me also as I was building the index um, to, to identify these um, from um, the, the consensus code and then uh, re-implement them in the index as well. Because I'm processing every block and I need to identify which, um, which outputs are not included in the UTXO set. Um, so that that um, the index is coming out to the same uh, data that the UTXO set is coming out to, um, and uh, the three uh, the four categories that I um, ended up with is first um, the Genesis block. Uh, the Genesis block um, had the block subsidy of fifty Bitcoin, um, and uh, these fifty Bitcoin are not spendable. Um, the reason for this is um, there's just an uh, yeah, just just a very simple if statement in the code, um, and that just checks. Okay, if block height is zero, then we just skip um, adding the coins of that block to um, to the UTXO set. Um, I think I didn't I didn't do very deep research into it, but I, I remember reading that I think nobody really questioned it ever. Um, but uh, yeah, just. I think nobody really knows why Satoshi did it that way and and didn't make it spendable. Um, and uh, I think we will then, if, if that's right, then uh, we'll probably never get an answer to that. Um, the second category is BIP30. BIP30 um, was a bug in uh, Bitcoin that was discovered um, pretty early. Um, this uh, was happening, uh, I think, if I'm not wrong, um, 2011. Um, I have the, um, you can look, look into the, the details also of the block heights uh, in my article. Um, but what was happening was that um, <clears throat> in the UTXO set, uh, we are saving the um, outputs um, by looking at um, uh, the, the um, uh, TXID of the um, transaction and then also the, the index of the output of the transaction. And Usually we can trust that, that this is unique um, because uh, the TXIDs are unique because they depend on the TXID of the previous output. Um, and so that way the, the uniqueness is kind of cascading um, through these chains of transactions. Um, but um, there's one problem, one, um, uh, one uh, type of, of transaction um, that we have in the system doesn't have an input uh, and that's a coin-based transaction. And um, the Coinbase transaction, it, it was not enforced that um, these are unique. And what this meant was that um, we had a block with a TXID for Coinbase transaction, and then another block occurred um, that was mined by the same um, person, by the same miner, um, and that is the same TXID uh, for the Coinbase, and that meant that it overwrote the output in the UTXO set. Of, um, that was already there. Um, this happened twice. And so um, this is how we lost another um, 100 Bitcoin. That miner uh, lost 100 Bitcoin from that. Um, and then there was um, a hard-coded uh, fix for that in the in the code. Um, if you, I, I also have the links to, to the um, specific lines in the consensus code. Um, and there um, is the um, the block heights and um, the block hashes of these very specific blocks are still hard coded in the code base, um, where um, to to ensure that that this is kind of an exception in the consensus code. Um, for these two blocks, it is okay um, that their um, um, coin bases are excluded from the UTXO set. But um, this is never going to happen in the future because um, that bug has been fixed since then. And then you got uh, op returns as well, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Then opreturn, uh, very famously, um, uh, an, an opcode with which you can embed arbitrary data in the U in, in not in the UTXO set, but in the blockchain. Um, and these outputs are uh, not spendable, and uh, that means it's also logical that they are not included in the UTXO set. Um, and then the last one um, is is uh, maybe the trickiest one to to wrap your head around, um, or um, um, at least if you if you look at the if you look at the code, um, it seemed for me that way because it is really describing something that is not that is not there. So um, this is unclaimed minor rewards. So um, we have been talking about the block subsidy. Um, the block subsidy is what we are always talking about when we when we mean these 50 Bitcoin and then 25 Bitcoin and then 12.5 and now 6.25 um, that are um, uh, given as a reward to to the to the miner. But really, um, the block subsidy is not the full reward, um, and it's not the, the full amount that the Coinbase transaction has. Because in the Coinbase transaction, in the output, are also included um, the fees, and this is also included in what we mean um, is is the minor reward. And so, um, what you have to do, what what kind of your obligation is as a miner when you mine a block, um, is that you that you look at the whole um, block. And um, you look at the, the, the block subsidy that um, you, you will get at, at the current time, um, and you add all the fees that you get from, from all the transactions in the block together with um, the block subsidy. And that is the total reward that you will get from uh, that block um, if you happen to be lucky and, and mine it. And um, so this is not... Um, like like now, of course, uh, everyone uh, knows how this works, and miners have functional uh, software to do this. Um, but in the earlier days, um, this was not the case, and and uh, probably people were playing around with with some some custom scripts to to build blocks, maybe trying to make it more efficient, and uh, let that led to the fact that um, yeah, um, there were Coinbase transactions created that uh, had uh, smaller. Um, reward than they actually could have gotten from the from the whole block. So um, there there are some examples that um, I I didn't know these examples because I haven't been around at the time. Uh, but uh, Peter Willer uh, listed these in a um, in a um, in an article himself uh, where um, minor rewards haven't haven't been um, claimed. Um, and uh, since these are, are just not there. Um, they they will never be spendable because they are um, they are not included in the UTXO set because the the, the amount of the output was too low um, and um, the the software the consent software um, doesn't um, error on this it still says okay the, the block is fine um, even if the reward is is smaller um, the, the the validation logic just looks at that the minor reward is at least or is 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 not higher. Than um, the the total miner reward that the uh, miner can claim. Yeah, really interesting stuff. So it's kind of like through these different, mainly through those four categories, there are it's something on the order of two point three million Sats that will never be created, or less. It's going to end up being less than the twenty one million uh, eventually once we get there in <laughs> over a hundred years. Um, and there's some interesting trivia as well around some of those unclaimed minor rewards. So essentially, as you're saying, as you're explaining, Fabian, miners can claim up to this amount, and some of them have uh, made a mistake and accidentally claimed less. And I think in one case there was a miner. I think this was like an early Bitcoin user, Mid Magic, who intentionally claimed less than the full amount. I mean, this was early days as well, but it was just a funny little story to read into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure um, if I got this right. What you, when you said um, 2.3 million um, sets, um, did you mean the, the total uh, missing amount of uh, where the coins are? Um, because these are 183 Bitcoin. I'm not sure which what number you were referring to. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, uh, it's 183 in terms of the lost. Uh, or not claimed coins, uh, and then the two point three million sats is uh, just the like the high level that is not even twenty one million. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it would be, no, I guess, no, the, the really it would be the combo of those. Yeah, so it'd be like the 
uh, got to do this right. So the 183 that you're saying have been lost or not claimed, and then plus that kind of 2.3 million stats or whatever that it's just it was never going to be that 21 million anyway. All right, so let's get into Bitcoin Core and checking the coins. So uh, maybe Pierre, can you tell us a little bit about uh, GetTX Outset Info? What is that, and uh, why should we use that? Yeah, so that's going to add up the current uh, total sum of UTXOs at the current chain height. Um, so if if that's the number you're looking for, then you, you it's at the tip of your fingers, right? Um, now, what is that useful for, right? Because uh, arguably, you know, people losing their private keys eclipses this number, Um well, we have no we have no way of knowing that, right? Um, Satoshi could come back tomorrow and and spend his coins. Um, so, you know, the argument there is that economic agents don't really need to know what what the current uh, total money supply is at any point in time, uh, because really, it's it, 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 well, okay. So anyway, yeah. I, Let's see, where were we? Yeah, the the sorry, the UTXO set. All right, so really what I wanted to find was historical uh, UTXO set data. Um, and that's hard to do without uh, doing exactly what Fabian had been working on with CoinStats Index. Um, and I think that adding more indices to, uh, to Node software is going to increase the number of users, uh, ultimately, because there's just more data available to it to them through the api maybe fabian can you tell us a little bit about what you're achieving with coin stats that goes above and beyond what get tx outset is doing yeah so um as pierre said um the get tx outset info um call is 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 all right um to give you um the statistics on the current utxo set um and um at the very least you can you can look at that number um and you can um, maybe do do a, s- a small calculation um, on your calculator to see what the what the um, total block subsidies should be now, and you can see that the total amount that you see from GetTX outside info um, is smaller than that. And so, um, at least you know there haven't been there hasn't been any inflation beyond uh, what what the current um, supply schedule um, gives you as as the total number um, that should be out there. Um, but uh, there, there are a few things, um, as as we both have mentioned before, um, from GetTX outset info that that are um, uh, sort of missing, and um, that 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 I'm looking to add with the index. Um, the first thing is that um, it is quite slow. Um, depends on your hardware, of course, on on um, on a recent um, uh, laptop uh, with good specs, um, you will probably be below. Um, two minutes um, still, but if you are running uh, a Raspberry Pi 3, which um, a lot of people do um, have it running in their home, um, <clears throat> it's going to be closer to um, something like like uh, seven or eight minutes. Um, and um, that still um, sounds fine if you if you want to get a coffee at, at that time around that time or something like that. Um, but uh, it's really not great if you if you want to do a little bit more. Um, and uh, what was uh, kind of an inspiration um, f- for um, going going down this path and and making these changes um, was uh, fork monitor um, and uh, fork monitor uh, fork monitor info uh, is running some nodes and and giving some some uh, stats on these nodes. Um, and one thing that they do very prominently is they continually um, track the total supply of the um, of GetTX outside info, um, and uh, in case that number increases in an amount that is not um, um, that is not okay, then uh, we know there is an inflation bug, and um, then um, this website will be uh, one of the first to to ring an alarm bell. I mean, the, the the fact that we would have an inflation bug means that the consensus code has been surpassed. Um, but the GetTX outside info, um, hopefully, if, if that hasn't been affected in some, some way as well, um, which would be crazy, um, that should then show that, that um, there are more coins that, that should be there. Um, and uh, Fork Monitor um, 
is is running this continuously as as I said, and um, I don't know what their hardware specs are, um, but uh, I mean, of course, they, they don't want to um, throw money out the window when they don't need to. Um, and uh, what what they told me was that when um, there are blocks coming in very fast. Um, like we, we're aiming at 10 minutes, of course, in average, when a new block should come in. But uh, then if you, if you look at um, the what actually happens is that sometimes we get three or four blocks in 10 minutes. Um, of course, this is going to even out um, in the end uh, some way as well. Uh, but at that very moment when we have these many blocks coming in, the node will have um, a hard time catching up because um, the process is going to run on get tx outside info, and by the end it has, uh, by the time it has ended, there will be already been uh, another block or maybe even two other blocks, um, and that is not great. And this also made me realize that uh, we will have a we'll have a problem in the future um, if people will want to do this because um, right now we said the UTXO set um, is about four gigabytes, and um, when the when we say okay, I'm a user of a Raspberry Pi three and I run this and it, it takes um, eight minutes. Um, this number of eight minutes uh, linearly increases with the uh, size of the UTXO set. Now let's say in three, four years, uh, we've had two more bull markets and um, also people um, are, are um, more and more people um, are holding their own coins, controlling their own um, outputs. And so that means um, UTXO set um, probably will grow quite significantly. Um, and um, that would also mean that the time to run uh, get TX outset info will, will run significant, will increase um, by, by the same amount. So if it doubles, then um, all the people that uh, still follow the, the tutorials like, like I did uh, back then and run get TX outside info, they will have to wait 15 minutes. Um, and then we also know they will not be able to run this continual checking of get TX outside info and have the total amount anymore because 15 minutes is longer than 10 minutes. And then this is just not possible anymore. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. So what... Um, of course, um, like th this is, um, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, really um, adding something new to Bitcoin because the data that I'm that I'm using um, and that that I'm presenting um, is is already there. It's already in the blockchain anyway. Um, what I'm what I'm essentially doing is is a usability and efficiency improvement. So I'm basically um, pre-calculating um, the the data of GetTX onset for, for every block and saving it in an index. So um, this means um, you can um, uh, look at every past block if you're interested in the data before, and this is something that, that Pierre now has been using. He has been looking at every block and, and um, adding up the numbers for every block to ensure that uh, there's never um, anything been going wrong. Um, and, and anecdotally, also maybe people want to, want to just check numbers on, on a certain um, block height with, and, and don't want to use um, uh, want to use a website for that? Want to want to look at it in, in their own node? And um, uh, then, what also happens then when um, we have these uh, numbers pre-calculated for every block? Um, we don't have to um, iterate over the whole UTXO set anymore to calculate the numbers for the next block. Uh, when a new block comes in, now we can just look at okay, how are the numbers changing in that new block? and then add those or subtract those uh, from the numbers that we have already saved for the last block. Um, and that is, of course, much more efficient, much faster than um, iterating of the whole UTXO set with every block. Um, and that means we, we can get the new numbers um, in, in less than a second um, after, after the new block has been validated. Yeah, have you got anything to add there on the CoinStats index and the uh, review and the process around Bitcoin Core there? Yeah, I just realized something uh, that um, relating to the fast blocks, uh, there's another form of an inflation bug, which is that uh, the rapid increase in mining hash rate um, and the two-week difficulty adjustment have made it such that we're kind of living in the future or future Bitcoin issuance has been pulled forward Right, because we we haven't we've been you know getting blocks quick more quickly than every ten minutes, um, and uh, so this is this is something else that we should account for, and we should look at what would 
issuance be today if it had actually been every 10 minutes? Now, you could argue that that's not really expected issuance because people expect the hash rate to go up, maybe. I don't know. That's uh, I just realized this, though. Thank you. We could call it yeah, Satoshi's schedule. It's actually not sound money. <laughs> yeah, this is an inflationary fiat shitcoin. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Oh, well, pack it up, boys. It's all over. <laughs> yeah, so I, this reminds me very much of uh, Safety's comments around uh, Plan B and Stock to Flow. And he was saying, oh, but what if you recut the numbers and do it on Satoshi's schedule instead of the actual uh, numbers? Uh, but uh, certainly that's an interesting point there. Uh, and so in terms of getting CoinStats index into Bitcoin Core, as I understand, there are multiple components required to make this happen. So Fabian, can you just give us a bit of an update in terms of where this is at currently and what is still outstanding before this can be fully merged in? Yeah, so um, this this touches a bit of a, of, a, of a different topic that is that is very related, but also not not really relevant to what we're talking about. But I, I'll try to just just summarize it uh, briefly. Um, so the the CoinSets index that I that I set out to to do um, several months ago, um, and and what 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 caused me to to even look at this um, first of all, the, the biggest part of the work initially um, was to look at the um, hash function because uh, one part of gettx also info that we haven't talked about at all right now is um, a hash of um, the uh, it's called serialized hash i think in the um, in the output and uh, what this does it it, it just uh, serializes and hashes um, every every output in the utxo set and then gives you gives you one number and this this can also be kind of a quick check to compare um, a UTXO set, uh, your UTXO set with somebody else's UTXO set um, to to ensure that you're in consensus as well. Uh, it doesn't doesn't really work that well also without the 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 coin sets index, but um, um, yeah, the the this was this 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 hash was one of the reasons why the um, uh, why there was just not. Any other way to speed up um, to to optimize um, um, the the gettx outside info call um, because the, the this this hash function um, means that you um, th that you cannot um, efficiently parallelize the the calculation of um, um, of the, the the hash of these uh, utxos. So when a new block comes in. Um, and um, we we just have the information of that new block, and we have kind of the hash of of the UTXO set that existed before that block. Um, then we cannot uh, reconcile that. We can we, we you, this hash has to just be calculated every time every time the UTXO set um, is changed. Um, it, it has to be calculated from scratch. Um, and there was an idea uh, from Peter Willer um, to introduce a new type of hash, uh, which is cumulative. Um, so um, this means that um, we can we can actually calculate a hash for um, uh, block height um, ten thousand, and then when block height ten thousand and one comes in, we can calculate the hash for the outputs of just the transactions in one thousand uh, ten thousand and one, um, and then we um, just add or or the way this works is is actually multiplied, um, um, but but added to the hash that we already have from the previous height, um, and this works. Um, and then we, we we have a hash that we can compare, and we can actually then save the the intermittent hashes for every height also um, in the index, and and compare these as well. Uh, something that that can also be uh, potentially interesting to use for um, assume UTXO um, upcoming uh, interesting feature by James O'Byrne, and um, so. Um, this this is basically the one branch of um, this development. Um, there, um, two um, PRs have been merged. Uh, one is the Python implementation of this hashing algorithm, uh, and one is um, uh, uh, alteration, uh, refactoring, basically of the get.txoutset info, where you can exclude the hash from 
the um, from GetTX outside info, which is just a, a basic pr preparation. But also, this is being used in uh, what what Pierre is using right now. Um, and then following up to 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 this hashing branch, basically, um, uh, what still needs to needs to be merged is the uh, C++ implementation of this. Um, of this um, hashing algorithm, uh, which is called MuHash, by the way. And um, then what's coming on top of that uh, is uh, adding MuHash actually to GetTXOutsideInfo so that you can call GetTXOutsideInfo with um, this uh, MuHash um, calculation instead of the serialized hash calculation. Um, and then on top of that, the uh, MuHash will actually be added to the index. Um, and um, so this is where basically the branches meet. Um, so um, going back to, to uh, where we're at, at right now, um, uh, we have the, the um, index, the CoinSets index that is ignoring the whole hashing stuff that just has, has uh, no hash of the ETXO set, but just calculates all the other, other numbers, most notably the total supply of, um, for every block. And um, that's where um, in that branch we have now one big outstanding um, PR that uh, Pierre has been working with um, that implements the index. Um, and um, uh, the way this works, if you if you um, want to check this out, um, is uh, you can you can check out the, this um, this pull request and you can build it. You can uh, run the node with dash coin stats index. Um, this works very similarly to um, TX index, um, so you will um, both see the um, the progress in in the logs, but also you can now call an RPC um, uh, uh, um, get TX uh, get info, uh, which is going to show you the progress of of the index, um, and then you can call um, the get TX outside info call um, with a specification that you don't want um, in a hash. Um, and then this is automatically in the background going to use the index for you. And if you don't provide any specific height parameter or um, a block hash parameter, um, it is just going to um, look at uh, the latest block height. But if you give it a, a specific parameter, um, then uh, it will it will look that up in the index. Um, and then following up to that one um, is uh, the last one that, that Pierre has been uh, using the most. Um, and that is the one that um, uh, looks at the index and um, exports the whole index um, as a CSV file. Yeah, that's really cool. So we're going to get, uh, hopefully we're going to have these features and be able to run the numbers in additional ways. Uh, so I guess, Pierre, from your perspective, is there anything you would like to add? Is there, And also, is there anything you'd like to see in terms of future directions here? Yeah, um, you know, I think that if we look at it from the audit perspective, what what I'm seeing is the audit risk go down, right? Because we get a full and complete explanation of all the differences between the issuance and the current ledger balance. Um, and on top of that, we're adding internal controls within the system uh, to make sure that, you know, we, we continue to um, have uh, the right consensus, right? That we're following the right consensus rules and that there aren't any bugs in any implementations. So um, yeah, this is all uh, very, very good and exciting for Bitcoin and continues to kind of prove that Bitcoin is unique in that it is provable scarcity, right? That you can run your own node and you can prove yourself um, without having to trust uh, even and and really, I I argue because of my reconciliation, I'm not even trusting the developers because I'm recalculating issuance myself, um, and then in pandas uh, joining that with um, Coin Stats Index. So um, even from that perspective, I feel like this is a pretty trust minimized uh, audit of the ledger. Um, so yeah, I think this is also probably the first time anyone's ever done it, uh, like what we're talking about. Um, you know, maybe outside of proprietary data providers. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, look, I think this has been a, a very educational episode. I think it's a good point to wrap it here. But uh, of course, before we let you gentlemen go, where can we find out more about you? So uh, let's start with you, Pierre. Yeah, so go to pierrochard.com. 
uh, and sign up uh, for my email newsletter where I'll sporadically send you things. Um, and go on Twitter, go subscribe or follow or whatever to uh, at Pierre underscore Richard. Excellent. And Fabian, for any listeners who would like to support you, whether that's uh, GitHub or Bitcoin donations, or they would like to follow you, what's the best place for that? Yeah, I um, I, I just uh, set up a GitHub uh, donation um, donation site, so um, it should hopefully be approved um, by the time this this airs. Um, so uh, my my GitHub username is um, fr fjahr. Um, you can also find uh, find me on Twitter, but I, I'm honestly not not writing much. Um, uh, I think it's it's uh, better to to maybe check out my my GitHub um, uh, contributions, and uh, otherwise you can find me on IRC uh, in the in the typical um, technical channels. Um, and um, yeah, um, just maybe um, you you briefly mentioned it already, but um, my blog also doesn't have a lot of action. But um, if you were interested in, in in what we talked about and you just want to kind of um, see it again in in a little more detail, a little more overview, um, you can go to my blog, uh, which is also linked from my GitHub, and um, there is the article where the coins. And um, this, um, yeah, I just I put in a lot of work and I hope it, it helps people to kind of see that. And um, particularly, I hope it's helpful for people that are interested in, in getting more technical and, and diving that little bit deeper that, that I didn't in, when, I, when I was at, at the beginning. Um, so I've been linking to, to parts of the code. Um, where where specific parts are implemented and and um, so that that you can go in and kind of make make that connection as well. Excellent. Well, thank you both for joining me on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Thank you much. All right. I hope you enjoyed the show. And as always, you can find my show notes at stefanlibera.com. Make sure you are subscribed using a podcatcher application because I've got a big one coming on Monday with Michael Flaxman. That's it from me. Thanks, and I'll see you in the Citadels.